Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Guitars, you know that. To be fair, not just guitars, we'll take free anything. Yeah, we'll take free anything. But um, uh, my favourite things in the world, apart from family and friends, and, uh, and yeah, guitars pretty much coming after that. So, you set timer. Timer is on. This is the mouth of manliness. I feel like your guitar's going to fall over. Can you pick it up? No, that's fine. All right. This is the mouth of manliness. Uh, I am uh, Nicholas Noyes. Um, my colleague here is Bradley Action. Hello. Hello. And and yeah, we're back again. We are your number one. We are number one podcast in the arts, create, uh, visual arts category. It might be creative or visual arts. The visual arts category. Do you know, as a um, an artist and uh, a former art school boy, uh, the fact that we got it in that category really it is pretty mental. Really gave me. But you said like you are listening, assuming like we're talking to like everyone. But the you is only applicable if you are in New Zealand and you were listening to that specific category. But essentially, technically, we are a number one um, ranked podcast. I, I think you, yeah, I think you might have just belittled it. I didn't mean to. We are a number one uh, podcast in um, New Zealand, and I'm quite happy about it. I was trying to think of big New Zealand bands because I tend to just. I like bands, and um, I can't think of any big New Zealand. But oh, oh, fuck it, aren't um, don't say Manic Street Preachers. No, they're from Wales. Yeah, I always get them confused with an Australian band. I are um, Crowded House. 
Well, they're originally from New Zealand. See, the trouble is, what we're doing now is, right, we're, we're guessing. We're just guessing shit. And what's going to happen right, is... Right, we're going to look into it. I don't know how many listeners no, you're we've right, got. You're right, you're right. We need we're to keep hold upset. of them. I've already like got mixed up with Australia, which is a big no-no. No, that is a no-no. I will say, uh, I've not met many Kiwis, but on my honeymoon, my wife and I, um, we went to Australia. We, we had like a month's holiday, and we went to Australia for three weeks. And... Um, our last day in Australia, well, we flew we flew back to Bangkok the next day. Our last full day in Australia, we went whitewater rafting, uh, kind of four hours outside Cairns. Everything's four hours away in Australia. It really is. And um, the, we went whitewater rafting through a rainforest, and it was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. And the guy who did our boat, um, in our last episode, we were talking about not discriminating. Um, and I'm trying really hard not to be discriminatory when I describe this guy as a white dread. He had like little dreadlocks. Yeah. It reminds me of people who, when I was a lot younger, before Britpop, used to have like bands, uh, like uh, Levelers, Pop Leaders. Yeah. And they used to have dreads, and um, there was a period, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then I thought it was the worst thing in the world. But anyway, this guy like was Kiwi and he was amazing. Okay. I mean, Zane Lowe's one of my favourite human beings, I believe. Is he's... he really? Yes, he is, yeah. I met him and he, he wouldn't play Jane's Addiction, who also had dreads. You, you can't tell him what to play. I fucking can ask and he can be polite. Yeah, was he not polite then? No, he was. Was he really like, rude. crikey, mate, I'm not playing that. No, he's like... Oh, what, he did a face? Yeah, for and then listeners I was like, of the podcast. Well, you did put them. You did have them. Like, I'm sure he did like uh, an album feature on Ritual Dead Habitual. James Addiction and like my third favorite band. But then was he like, well, I have to do it because it's work, mate. But I'm not at work now, so this is what I'm playing. I don't know, but he was very rude. I thought, and if I'd have been a butch man, I'd have, I'd have told him. But I think I just pulled a face at him, and then walked off and got drunk. To be fair, you did the right thing because essentially you've just given back what you received. And yeah. if you'd have done worse, then you would have been worse. That's very true. And I happen to know you would have ruined one of our mutual friends' club nights. Yeah, it would have been difficult because it was it was <laughs> one of our mutual friends' club nights. <laughs> Indeed, it was. And I was very, very drunk because I went there on my own. Um, so I got really, really drunk because I was on my own. Anyway. So, if you're listening to us in New Zealand, uh, get in touch with us. Educate us. Yeah, no, but just just say hello, because um, we're really blown away by the fact. We only found out, like, this week. and um, Last night, mate. It is really, really, really... I've been buzzing about it for ever since. And, um, I, I, you know, it's like, some of the best news I've ever heard. And it's just really validating, isn't it? It just makes you feel really good. So I want to say to anyone in New Zealand, if you're listening, um, like, or if you're from New Zealand, or even if you know someone in New Zealand, like, uh, or if you've seen New Zealand on the television, no, no, they don't count if you've seen Lord of the Rings because most people have seen Lord of the Rings. That's true. That's boring. Again, educated because I'd forgotten that it's from there. I should know because my wife actually lived in New Zealand for a really long time. Did she? Yes, she did. For yeah. a really long time? How yeah. long? About a year, six months, something like that. Time, is oh, is it? So a year, six months. It's quite a six months difference in there. Yeah, well, you know. She, well, she went to Australia. Again, sorry, New Zealand, but you are next to it. Um, my friend Paul went to New Zealand. He went to Australia and then he went to New Zealand. I think my friend Ashley also went there. And they were blown away by New Zealand. I like I've never the, met like anyone who's been to New Zealand and not been blown away. Well, what my blew, Mark, who I work with, went there. What blew me away was the fact that obviously it's hot, but then there's um, Kate's been on glaciers there and done like cave exploring and stuff like that. Yeah, you can go beach to uh, skiing. Hot to cold. Yeah. So if you are in New Zealand, get in touch with us because we want to know you. Yeah. I want to know more about you. Yeah. Uh, and we want to say hello to you. I don't want to, like, basically be accused of being racist. 
because my Im- impression of Zane Lowe was effectively how I remember Alf from Neighbours sounding. I'm thinking about it makes uh, the Maoris are from New Zealand, aren't they? Is that not Hawaiian? Well, oh, once no. I sound like someone from once Warriors. I sound like someone very, from Big Brother now, who like doesn't know where no, his no, dad is. We should we should park this and yes. just say thank you, New Zealand. Yeah, I'm going to do some thank research. You, thank you. Thank you. Let's learn some facts. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to everyone who's listening to us, and thank you for watching us too, because. You're making us happy chappies. Yes, and yet hopefully helping us um, help other people, which is what we essentially are trying to do. Yeah, and also kind of um, almost, you know, help try and make people be a bit more open-minded and a bit more liberal about shit. Break down barriers. Yeah, and just try and be a bit more like nice to people. Humble. Yeah, I, I think like I feel like that's part of it as well. Learn some things. Yeah, and make men kind of think, oh shit, am I just being an arse sometimes and maybe I won't do that anymore? Forgive yourself for making mistakes? Yeah, yeah, all those things. We're multifaceted, um, but we are... And feminists. Yeah, well, I was told that we were feminists recently and that really made me happy. Yeah. And I, it's silly. And I know we're not really feminists because um, saying that we're feminists is is complete is really saying we're feminists is completely belittling everything that women. It's belittling the struggle because we've not had that struggle. No. Basically, we're white men of privilege. Yes. No matter what we've been through, we're still white men of privilege, yes. and we're belittling the struggle that women have been through. Yeah. However, I will say that we. We're trying. Yeah, and by accepting that and then talking about it more means that we acknowledge that we're right and we're wrong in the hope that other people will listen to what we're saying and possibly think, oh, do you know what? Um, Karen, come come in here a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry, Karen. Stop doing the washing up. I don't know why it's always Karen. I don't know. Let's just have a little chat with Karen and just have a sit down, rub her feet, Buy see, we're flowers. probably being sexist right now. Oh, that is sexist. Shit. Yeah, see, Brad can't help himself. No, it's it's in me. Yeah. I apologise. I'm well, aware you know, of it. In many ways, it is. I'm aware of it. So, anyway. Uh, so, bring it. So, a while ago, quite a while ago now, uh, one of our lovely listeners, and we can't remember who, However, uh, I don't the, think that's such a bad thing. No, because I think I, it is. No, but I also think that he might not want us to say who he is anyway because what he actually said was pretty heartfelt and maybe he doesn't want us to say who he is. But Bryce lost the email. Um, Hang on a minute. No, collectively we've lost the email. We're, we've we're, got a shared email thing. True. We've got shared I notes. I it was on the email. We sh- we've got shared Instagram and email. we've got shared Facebook. So fuck you, we lost all right, the email. All right, we lost it. Because you we... can't find it either. All right, fair play. We lost it, but we haven't forgotten about it. No. And it has stayed with us. And we've mentioned it quite a few times that we really need to talk about it. So when Brad uh, messaged me today, I said, right, we should do it. Like, I did want to talk about autism, but we kind of, um, we're going way late. And actually, I think we should deal with this because in our last episode, which we did tonight, we talked about um, uh, sexism and shit like that. So I think this actually feeds in quite heavily into what, into the idea. So this guy uh, messaged us um, and basically he had had an experience where his girlfriend had had like a number of miscarriages. Not like one or two. It was like four or five miscarriages and it really fucking upset him Mm -hmm. and it really fucking messed him up. And I've never been through that situation but I work with a lot of women and um and I've worked with quite a few women, you know, like colleagues who have had miscarriages. And, um, you know, I kind of know firsthand that it's really, really fucked them up. 
And when you really think about it, I know like you could you could say, well, it was an early term, you know, it was early on, so it's not such a big deal. But what happens is the moment if you as a man were to put yourself in a position as you had a life you knew you had a life grown in you and then that will changes your outlook on life straight away. You know, you think differently. Uh, your whole perception of everything is through the eyes of a parent. But even on the basic level of your your choosing wallpaper colours. Yeah, yeah, no, I choosing mean, clothes out. Absolutely everything. You're thinking about cartoons yeah. that, that you'd watch. And like there's this idea and I know what it was like when I at work, this was a few quite a few years ago when someone in particular had a miscarriage and she was off for like quite a while and I was kind of feeling her at work. And after a while I was like, oh fucking hell, it's still not bad. And then I really had to kind of check myself and think, fucking hell, actually, that's fucking horrendous. It's fucking awful. Mm. And it's almost like it's it's similar to abortion, really. Yeah. Like, the emotion is all still there. Mm. And what happens is, like, um, when we think about other people, we tend to take the emotion out of it. And sometimes putting emotion into things can be quite destructive. I, I recognise that. Everyone's my dad, for example. Yeah. And that, you know, every man I fucking know is my dad. Mm. And that creates a problem for me. But I think we should be empathetic to people and try and almost try and like at least fathom what emotion they're going through. Anyway, so this guy, uh, he said that and he said, it basically was just saying like, you know, something to talk about. Um, and then, then after that, you you said that you'd had an experience with it. Yeah. But you don't need, you, that is all you'd really said to me. Mm. And then, um, uh, maybe a couple of other times you'd mentioned slightly more, slightly more. Yeah. Uh, as in, like I think you said it was you'd had an ex girlfriend who'd had one. Yeah. Who'd had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And then it, another occasion I think you mentioned about it again. And about it being actually quite a big thing for you. Yeah, it's huge. Like it wasn't like so what I was doing, I was just going, Well, all right, so yeah, men, you know, you didn't have the miscarriage, so you'd be able to walk away from it. Mm. But that's fucking wrong, isn't it? Mm. It's like the main, it's kind of, it's so like from a really young age, I always wanted kids, I think. And like I mentioned, like the build up of pregnancy and even the thought of it, like, as you really do think, oh, like if I have a little boy, we'll be able to go, I'll teach him how to ride uh, or, or a little girl, like that's right, you... ride a bike and you start, you have aspirations yeah, yeah. about what you're going to do and you're kind of getting excited about things you wonder what they're going to be like and for me it was music so I was straight on to playlists thinking right well they've got to hear this got to hear that I've got to play them this that and that well they can't hear that on mp3 like I have to get this album that album on vinyl and everything oh fucking I'll buy my record player and like all the hopes come back a bit tell us about your situation at the time let's give give me some context well that I mean I've always thought like I said, that I'd, I've always wanted to have kids and be married and everything like that. So what I'm saying is it's something that I've always looked forward to. And I've always put the same amount of weight into it. Not that I can fully understand how much weight a woman would put into it, but in my mind, it's something that I've always been excited about. And um, so, yeah, with um, someone who I was with a little while ago, um, and to mention, like, I think I'm me and Kate went for a miscarriage as well when we were trying for Buddy. Um, but that was kind of like what, in my mind, what I had, what I thought a miscarriage was, was like early pregnancy that didn't kind of work out. And when you think about yeah, it... It can be. Yeah, it can be. when you think about it, like there's so much, so many elements that go into making a human... Like just because like there's a lot of really stupid people who can have a baby doesn't mean like it's easy. There's so much like everything can go wrong. And I yeah, later yeah. found out that like one in four pregnancies. So if you know four people, chances are that one in four pregnancies is a miscarriage. 
um what i went through um with my previous partner um was basically the baby had gone full term so we were basically um it was like any day now baby would come out and you know so the nursery was made painted and like we you know we're having all these thoughts about what's going to happen where's it going to happen and everything else so the relationship was proper yeah was it planned uh don't not really no but it was a solid yeah it was never um but i've never had any doubt that i wanted kids um and obviously in hindsight now i'm kind of it's going to sound weird but like as i talk about everything that's gone on it will kind of make sense but in hindsight i'm kind of happy with what's happened because it's my journey of what's happened obviously i've got two amazing kids I'm yeah, really, the journey, really lucky. the journey's clear. But yeah, at the time, so basically we went full term and uh, thought everything was normal. And I was working in um, Canary Wharf at the time with my mate Dan, who I still talk to and I love dearly. And um, we were on our way home and there's like this little... Um, sweet shop thing in canary wharf by the station i remember being in there getting a chocolate bar and probably a beer for the train on the way home i got a phone call from um um from louise who was basically like friend of the family or like sister-in-law kind of thing and she said i've oh, got to come quick because um like jill was in a bit of bother um like we were on our way to hospital. So Is that like, a made-up name? No, that's a real name. Okay. Um, and yeah, come quick, basically. And there's a problem with the baby. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Um, and I remember, it's funny, like, I've had a few things happen. And something that I've noticed is when things happen... I'm not very good at remembering stuff in a linear kind of order, which is why I'm probably talking slower now so I can remember it. But I kind of remember like there was no seats on the train, so we're sitting on the floor. I was crying anyway. Pretty sure Dan was crying as well. And like, just remember like, I remember like what trousers I was wearing and things like that. But it's like your brain kind of tries to take like little snapshots to kind of remember what's going on. Um, she so yeah, rushed down there, rushed down to the hospital, Bazan Hospital, um, run in there and um, they said, oh, there's complications with the baby. Um, basically, um, you can give birth to it today, but it won't be alive. Um, and basically, it's still touch and go at the moment, whether it is alive, dead or alive or not. But essentially probably isn't um but you're gonna have to go through the process anyway so in that within that sort of space of 45 minutes i'd gone from like being a potential dad um buying a chocolate bar at work to like not being that like in a really quick space of time Mm. then obviously the main thing is you want to make sure the mum's all right and and kind of understanding what's going on and understanding the process of it all. We're like, oh, fucking hell, what kind of happens now kind of thing. And something that I was amazed so with... what, were they in theatre? No, they were just in like a side room. Oh, God. With all like the ECG and everything. Did you go in? Yeah, I was in there, yeah. I went straight in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a bit of a whirlwind, really. It's like, there's like a couple of other people there, and you're trying to kind of piece together what's going on. And but up until this point, when someone said like miscarriage kind of thing, I thought it was like we said earlier. It's just like early pregnancy. Like, it's still horrific. There's a lot of blood. Uh, sometimes, like, 
there is like a fetus there or whatever. Yeah. But I thought it was something that would be, I don't know, I didn't, I hadn't really given it that much thought. I was a fucking kid, really. Yeah, it's like I guess 15 you years think ago. About it in terms of full term, No. In my mind, it was, I'm either having a little boy or a little girl. So what happened? So basically, um, I can't fully remember whether we were, whether we did it there and then. I think we were sent away and we had to basically come back the next day to see like what was going to happen because there was still potential of him. Both of you? Yeah. There was still potential of him being okay, but like it was touch and go. Um, so basically, you're waking up the next morning, not really knowing what's going on. Or, but I don't remember sleeping that much, to be honest. But, um, yeah, and like you're picking up your bags, and you've got a fucking baby bag of its first baby grow, first blanket in, and everything else. So we took all of that and uh, went down there, and essentially, what we had was. The day that everyone else has of getting to the hospital, getting her out of the car, getting the bags out of the car, all the fucking ward is all happy and sunny and everything else. But basically, you're doing all of that. You're doing all the hard work. Um, but at the end of it, you're not getting a baby. You're just basically walking out there without one. And it's it's a really odd situation to be in because it's, it happened exactly how I had in my head it was happened. So uh, she was induced. Um, I think she had an epidural, um, gas and air, the pain relief of it all. Yeah. Like... I'm trying to like get across like the parallel. Like these are all things that after you've had your baby it's and you're down like, the pub or you're at work normal. and you go, oh yeah, well, it's this happened and it's gas and air. It's a bit of love. Oh, I had some like everything else. But basically all of that, yeah. Um, yeah, and when he come out, he was £10 free, so he's pretty big. Um, fully formed, had two ears, which really got me. Um, I just remember... I mean, like, there for the whole thing. So basically, in your head, just imagine like a normal birth. Yeah. But what come out was a dead baby. Well, they was kind of moving at times, and they were like, oh, like we're not too sure and everything else. And they kind of whisk him away and check him. And they're not, they're, you don't know, and you're like, is he alive, is he dead kind of thing. Oh, and then, man. like, all I remember is like, I... When I was, they were like, oh, it's a little boy. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And I run out and all my family were there. So, like, all my family. But you didn't know, you still didn't know. Um, Maybe it survived. No, I just knew, found out it was a little boy. Yeah. And I ran out and I was like, oh, it's a little boy. And everyone was kind of like, oh, it's amazing. And I, I just broke down. All I remember is like, just falling to my knees and like all of my family just like on top of me like just oh mate it's amazing and they were like what's going on I was like oh fucking hell I better go and find out so I literally went back in obviously make sure she was all right and then um yeah basically confirmed that he was dead and um yeah just had to go back out and tell him that he's uh not alive and it's really it's an odd thing because, like, not, I don't want to sound like I'm belittling it, but like what we said about miscarriages earlier, when it's like early pregnancy, whatever, like that's hard to deal with when you're excited about a baby and everything else. But all of a sudden, basically there's a dead body in the room. And a fucking massive one as well. It was huge. Like Ten pound free. It was big baby. So then, like, I remember kind of being numb, and I, but I still kind of wanted to, like, 
I didn't like the mixed emotions of like, do I want to cuddle him? Don't want to cuddle him? Um, like Finley would have been his name. Like we were calling Finn. But it's weird because you. I know like there's loads of complications with meals, but I wanna, I didn't know whether when I got me, I didn't know whether Sarah was dead or not. Wow, really? And. They gave me me, and I was like, I didn't want to bond with her. I didn't want to, because I was worried about Sarah. So I didn't have that moment of joy. I was too. I was like, I can't bond. Like I can't do it. No. And I think that's probably the. You know, I'm just trying to, kind of, almost think how it must have been going for you. Is that you must have been like. Yeah, what do I do? Yeah, what well, the do I do? mad thing is, like, I think because it's happened so many times, looking back now, what happened was the beginning of, like, the bereavement process and the... Basically, all of the emphasis was then put on me and the mum because yeah. it's like... Without it, no one really seemed to say anything. But basically, the premise is, this is really going to fuck you up. So you're going to need to go through the motions of everything because... What are the motions? So basically, we then had to treat it because technically he was born. So then he had to be certified dead and then be buried and then we had to have a funeral. So there was kind of like a, we went from being prospective parents into the, into that bit of like, yeah, or that bit of the, I mean, when I lost my dad, like there's that kind of stage where you're like, Funerals, funeral directors, picking a coffin, picking a headstone. Do you want this on it? Do you want that on it? Oh, it, he would have liked this, so I want this on it. You can't even do that. No. But, you don't know but that's kind of like, I think the thinking was that if we do that, that's kind of part of the process. Mm. So we were kind of um, not made to, because I guess we wanted to, but we did. How long have you been together? Um, all together, I think we were together about nine years, eight or nine yeah, years. Saying, yeah, it was a long relationship then. Might not be as long as that. But yeah, it's a long relationship. Yeah, it's proper. Yeah. Um, oh, man, that's so fucking, that's horrendous. But yeah, the kind that's of... Like, you know, the thing is, Brad, what you described... What you describe is like the worst thing ever. You know, yeah. you know when I say to you that you you're too hard on yourself, and that you're, you know, you kind of you pick on yourself, and you like you worry about little things. And like you, what you just described. It's like the worst thing that anyone could go through. It don't get a lot worse than that. I don't know. I still think like... I, but like, you've got through it though. You've got through it. I, To be honest, I, I still feel that there's a lot of stuff that is not processed from that. I think you're probably right. But what... I I, th <clears throat> I think it was important to go through all of the right motions. I don't know what the alternatives were, but I like I don't remember it. all of the, the the options. But I'm fucking you just fuck. I tell you what, it just fucking amazed me. It just it just said that I didn't know any of that about you. Really? I suppose I don't really talk about it. And I've just, 
and I just fucking, I tell you what, I just feel so full of admiration. Like I, you know, like I, I can be a mess, but I think the fact that you've gone through that and you're here, I just feel, I feel quite overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I but think that's so awful. Yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I think for me, like, learning that um, it's a lot more common than people think. And the fact is, people don't talk about it. Um, no, no, and that's why, that's why it's great what and you're doing. To it. be honest, I talk about it when it comes up, but maybe now I probably, I, should, I will definitely talk about, talk about it a lot more. But maybe like through this medium, like I'll be able to help some other people. But like it's come up again recently. But the mad thing is, like having like the funeral and everything kind of helped to put it to bed. But then you've got the guilt of because he's buried at Rettendon Church. So every time I drive past it, I'm kind of I always feel bad for having not been up there. But then I've never been one. I try not to attach myself too much to things and the physical realm. But it's also attaching yourself to pain, isn't it? Yeah. And like you carry it's um so essentially that baby's with you always. Yeah, totally. And that's the bit I carry with me all the time. So and what's nice, like my granddad wanted to be buried that's up there enough, as well. Yeah. That's enough. You don't need I don't believe in gravestones and things. No, I don't really. Think, you don't, you know, you know, a body rots and becomes part of the earth. Yeah. And the important part is what's with you. Yeah. And the fact is that all right, those it's still going to be painful, but you know, it's not a wasted life all no. the time. This in your, you know, you 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 feel. I think because really? I've always, I've seen like people fall out because they haven't visited gravestones or they haven't yeah. visited people enough in their lives kind of thing. And I think like you just need to be grateful for the time that you are around people and you can do the things and you can't add stuff up for people. Otherwise, it's fucking exhausting. No, and it doesn't. You don't bank it, do you? No, well, people do. And I, no, it, no, but people try to, but like it's not. It's you know it's not a real thing. Is no, no, it? ain't and. For me, it's the moments that I had of um, like how close it brought like elements of my family together, um, how the like unexpected, like turns out my mum went for a similar thing, um, not as like as, as extreme as that, but like you get talking to people. Like we had the nurses at the funeral who had actually helped us like give birth and everything else. And that's like when we're talking about like it happens to so many people. And then you speak to like your auntie and your nan and oh the neighbour. And then you're like, fucking hell, like all of a sudden Yeah, I like that. It's like it's it's an unspoken thing, I think, because everyone wants to stay positive. And I suppose people don't want to scare other people. No, that's right. Because um, I'll tell you a minute, because this has all come and back. All these things about children, you know, having kids, everyone always gives a positive thing. And yeah, like yeah. Bullshit. No. But it's so true, though. Like it's because you want it to be positive. It's actually, it's actually quite special. Yeah, I keep forgetting the term, but like in the face of adversity, like you're all kind of brought closer together kind of thing. And it was like... It, there was elements of the two families and friends that are like still friends and talking now as a result of that kind of thing. And that's almost like that. That's the life. Yeah, that's the kind of that's the gift that was given. That's the baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. That's the baby. The yeah. baby's not the thing. Not not in the ground. The no. baby's in in your heart. Yeah, and it was the occasion, and. Uh, I'm kind of grateful that it happened to me almost because what it did do um, 
obviously in an in, in an expected way because when um obviously um we were pregnant with buddy that whole nine months um probably not outwardly or i haven't really spoken about it to anyone but i inside i was a fucking mess because i was just expecting the same thing to happen again yeah. um um, I'm lucky because um, like we just wanted to create like the perfect environment anyway. So we did our utmost to like, not that we could have made any difference beforehand, but we were just keen to like do what we could to um, to get it right. But yeah, when we were first trying, me and Kate, we had a, like a miscarriage before and it was a long time when we started trying for a baby that we weren't having one. Yeah, that's just really discouraging. Still, that fear. Well, there was a time, yeah, because and then we had we both had tests done, and it turned out like um, for a little while I had like an odd shaped sperm or something like that. That wasn't actually anything to do with what happened with Finley. No, they wasn't too sure. They thought it might have been like gestational diabetes, but I don't know anything about that really. But to be fair, by the sounds of it, it's just something that happens. Yeah. And it happens a lot more than people know about um, to the point that it's come up again recently. So at work, a guy that I'd worked with before and now I'm now working with again, um, they've just had their third miscarriage. Um, and it's quite odd because I could kind of tell that he didn't want to talk about it too much. But what happens, and I remember this happening, is the second it happens to you, every TV program, song, conversation, fucking T-shirt has got the word or a picture of a baby on. Everyone around you is having babies. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah, like they're fucking... about um, the minute my wife was diagnosed with cancer, everywhere I looked was cancer. Yeah. I'd never ever seen it before. No. But like, everything was the fucking, you know, the night run for cancer. Yeah. Uh, every other item. Macmillan adverts and, and stuff. It, and I'd never noticed it until yeah. then. It's the same with my dad, exactly the and same. And it's like, right, I'm, I'm experiencing trauma mm. and everywhere I look reinforces the trauma. Yeah. Because even when you have a minute of thinking, right, I don't want to think about this thing anymore. I'm going to fucking put the radio on. And then wallop, it's fucking, it's can't run away fucking from Justin Bieber baby. Try oh, everything you can to yeah. not think about it, and yeah. Oh, what's the name's had a baby around the corner? Yeah, that actually happened. So, and all you see is joy. Yeah, but even at work with this guy, even at work with this guy this week, he's just had three miscarriages, and our project manager, um, we were talking about it to another engineer. I was like, oh, fuck it, because we're coming to the end of the job. I was like, oh, he's timed that well, isn't he? Because he's like, he's off. And the guy was like, yeah, he's off having a baby. And I see like the guy who's um, lost, like, for these, had three so miscarriages. So did you tell him about what you did? Yeah. Yeah, and we've, it's difficult because he's super angry and nothing at work matters. And I remember that feeling. Um, it's odd now. It's quite understandable. It's weird because I... I've had those feelings. I kind of, I haven't mastered it, but you know, like in Afterlife, the Ricky Gervais thing, it's kind of like a superpower almost. The ability to not not care, like to not give a fuck on such a level, like the day to day, -to -day stuff, you really can just go, nah, just not, not going to deal with it, not going to think about it. So it could be like the worst horrific thing to happen to us today. Because your level, you've leveled up in uh -huh. like what can happen. All of a sudden, then all of a sudden, like day to day, you, you walk around and you think, yeah, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And it's crazy because like I, I almost feel privileged to be able to use that power. I'm sad because I've <laughs> had to. It don't work like that. No. Nah. It don't work. It's that it's negative and it like is that, bitter. That, like I've got the superpower to not give a fuck. 
But it don't work. It's not it, as black and not, white as that. No, I know that. No, I know that. Yeah. And I, I use it in a way. What I think is happening now is because I went for a long stage of not giving a fuck so much that it's kind of I'm in constant fight or flight almost, and I think that's the reason why I'm going through what I'm going through now. That's why you're exhausted all the time. So basically. It come up in conversation the other day about something or other. I think it was like Buddy and the, not getting the school bear one week and he got it the other week. And I was like, well, we're only like minutes away from either a solar flare or a meteorite anyway, so it's not worth worrying about. I'm going to buy me bear. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I realised then after like having conversations with Kate and that that, I, I'm in that constant state and I, I'm aware of it as a parent because bringing Buddy up, I almost wrapped him up in cotton wool and I was constantly like, oh, don't fall off of this, don't do that, don't do that. And I now know it's a normal part of parenthood. But what I was also no, doing... probably hyper. 100%. I was yeah. keeping him alive yeah. and doing my utmost to do that. It's funny, like, when you came round and you said, like, yeah, you did that with Buddy, but you don't do it with Buddy. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, they, they, they will be all right. Yeah, they really are all right. Well, you are like a high, um, It sounds odd. It's easy for me to quantize it with films like Finding Nemo. So, like, the dad's proper hands-on because there was an incident with the mum. Yeah. The mum died, all the babies died, except for this one little embryo. So, obviously, he wants to look after the embryo. Nemo's buddy, I guess. And then, ultimately, he learns from the turtles that their babies just fly about all over the place, all in the, the sea and everything, and they just they pop out the thing. But it's like my baby Essentially, they pop back in kind of thing. And it's like, they are all right. Like, humanity has survived from babies being born in caves and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. That makes sense. But it's just getting the balance right. But it's funny, though, because, like, well, you say that and you think... If babies do survive and babies are okay, but then then like I, I thought that, and then it was like, you know, but then suddenly my four year old's got autism, yeah, and it's like, no, it no, all of that's just gone out the window because yeah. it, like he doesn't function like all the other kids, so he probably won't bounce back, yeah, and to a more extreme degree, just to add on to that, um. Darren Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren Jackson. Yeah. So it's like, they don't always bounce back. No. And like you kind of get this kind of brutal awakening that no, they don't. But actually, in the midst of that, they do bounce back and things. Yeah. But what I don't want to go, I don't really want to sway off onto that. What I do want to say, um, after what you've just said, is... Um, starters is that you're quite remarkable oh thank you because what you've been through is uh, would shatter most people what you've been through uh, would is the kind of stuff that um, makes someone an alcoholic makes someone a drug addict um, I, I don't think I would be strong enough to have gone through that. I think I would probably be one of those two things. So, for starters, um, I think uh, you need to be aware, that, aware of that. And I think you need to give yourself some fucking credit for it. And secondly, let yourself off loads of stuff. Because you've actually been through a very, very traumatic experience. It's not really any different through someone going through being a soldier in Iraq, coming out the other side and seeing lots of dreadful, dreadful things. Where you've experienced quite a significant trauma. And off the back of that, you're not going to function easily. But you have. Mm. You have functioned. You have got on with it. You've you've got into another relationship. You've moved forward and you've had two lovely children, mm. right? Um, so, 
when when you're bothered about stuff and you blame yourself, I I don't think you'd need to blame yourself because I think that you don't do anything horrible to anyone. You care about everyone else. And the fact of the matter is you've been through something very traumatic and you're not a cunt. You're actually still really lovely. So don't blame yourself for things. Please stop it. Because that what you just told me was, was really fucking heavy. Secondly, you you picked up on something particularly interesting was that you said that you've been in fight or flight mode ever since. And I think when when you said that, I think you're completely right. Um, when I first went to see Peter, he said to me, you've been in flight or fight mode since you were nine. Wow. And he was right. Mm. And he's completely right. That's why I've been exhausted since I was a kid. Mm. And flight and fight mode basically comes off the back of a trauma. My trauma was long and drawn out. Mm. Yours was much more extreme. Mm-hmm. But you could argue, really, that your trauma lasted a good... Like it started nine months before the baby, at least, if not sooner, because of the expectation yeah, of you put into having a child. Yeah, which I had done since I was a kid. Yeah. But that ties back to mum and dad splitting up. Well... So the weight is so much more. Mm. So the weight of your parents splitting up and the idea that you you would almost make it better by having a child. Then you have a child and the child dies. Mm. You can't belittle that. You can't make that small. That cannot be made small for you because it is fucking huge. Even after having a child who's well, there's still elements of guilt there. Totally, you can't that je- you can't walk away from it. Mm. Most people would have a lot of therapy off the back of that. Most people who normally therapy goes with money. Yeah. So you've experienced quite an intensive trauma there, and then you wonder why you fucking struggle. Mm. But that that and from knowing you that that's that's only one of cake of 10 yeah you know don't you that's quite that's really extreme Brad yeah I suppose I'd normalise it Um, you do but what I was saying about a flight and fight just to come back to it flight the fight the flight and fight instinct um, is probably why you're not well now Mm. because you're always in a fight and flight mode which basically is exhausting and your emotions are going to be there the whole time. And they mm. are, aren't they? Because when you talk about and wanting to cry and... Yeah. And physically. Physically and, and mentally exhausted. But even this, like I'm in fight or flight mode now, I'm worried about it not recording. I'm worried about the video stopping, running out of memory. No, but that, but that, that's practical, it is. Like, that's practical as in the situation we're in. Mm. Like, like that, that's a nothing, really, Brad. But well, you're it's connecting important to it. me. Eh? It's important, though. No, no, but you're connecting it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, as I said, when I first saw Peter, he basically just took me out of that. He took me out of fight and flight and just went, you're not in it anymore. And then I wasn't. Wow. That's what I keep saying. I know, I do need to sort it out. But genuinely, Brad, he took me out of it. He took me out of fight and flight. See, I can't even fathom. It almost scares me. What it would be like. Like I'm almost. I didn't even know what I was in. Nah. Like I'm almost too scared to be. Too relaxed. And I think, what if I'm not in that mode? And no, I but you've been in fight or flight by way before you, before that horrible tragic incident, though. Mm. Like, when did your parents split up? How old were you? I don't. I don't know. So. um Try and put it into terms of school. It was difficult because I went to school in a different um, different town. So I've, we've always driven, so I can't really associate it with that. But I think it was around 
like nine or ten. So was that when, was that when you first started feeling like things were horrible? It's weird because I didn't know they were horrible because I was so busy um, playing with keyboards and watching Transformers. But I remember being sat down and my mum and dad sort of sitting there and going, right, um, we're not going to be together anymore. And then I remember not being able to work out why. And then I remember looking at my dad saying, well, why can't you just be together? And my dad said, "Um, you need to speak to your mum because it's your mum that wants to go. And I remember running out into the kitchen. My mum was making a cup of tea. And I remember like crying and saying to her, like, why can't you just stay together? And then that's all I remember. I remember that moment. And then after that, I don't really remember much, like for a really long time. But then it like, because my dad went to work away a lot. So it was kind of like in the later stages of their relationship, kind of not there anyway. Don't you find it weird though? Like, I kind of often think as though, like, something like that happens, then everything that happens after that, like, something really shit fucking happens, then everything else that happens after that uh, is almost confirmation of you being shit. Mm. You know, of like, you know, like, you kind of. You tend to take, I mean, I totally did. So you take an incident like that, and if you're a bit of a mess anyway, like I was a mess from like my granddad and shit, and then when my parents split up, it was almost like um, I split up. Yeah. And it was like uh, confirmation that I was shit. You know, and then something else happens and that's just confirmation that I'm shit. And it's only now that I don't do that. You know, there was when Jude, we discovered Jude has autism. Of course he's got fucking autism. Because I'm shit and I don't deserve any better. Mm. And I I think what that does, it makes you give everything so much more weight than it needs to have. So, like, you've gone through that and then you lose a child and it's like, of course I lost a child. Yeah. Because I'm a cunt. Mm. But it's not true. No. You give it a story, but it's not true. Yeah. It's weird because I've always considered myself to be quite lucky because I've almost, like, forced... I know, I know. And you said that. You said that through it. You were like, it was lucky because that happened and then that happened. And and what, what I think is that... It's really lovely that you say that. Mm. It's really like, and you know, and that's why I like you. And and I think that's really, really beautiful that you say that. But I think that actually, that's you going. I won't deal with it. Yeah, not acknowledging it. I'm not giving it the power that probably. You'll go. No, no, I'm lucky because this and this came out of it, and it's like, so like, no, it's all right because that happened. Yeah. So it's like I won't deal with it. We put it over there. Yeah, I haven't dealt with any of it. And it's like it's a distraction. It's a um, extinction, which is a, a, psych- a psychological term, as you call it. Sarah says it to me all the time. Oh, you're using extinction. Oh, that's interesting. And you go, and it's basically you say, well, that didn't happen because well, that, no, this happened, yeah. and this is what matters. Yeah, I suppose so it's I won't deal with it. Way of progressing and mm. like moving forward. So I'm going to park that, but out of that, I've got this, that, and that. I'm going to take that positive. I'm just going to keep, keep, keep on keeping. So on. you're in the flight mode mm. or the fight mode. I don't know what you're. Not I. But can you see that you're within that? You're probably going. No, 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 no. I push that away. Yeah. Because actually, this has happened. This is good. Yeah. And actually, like that's really that's lovely. But what you don't do, you don't deal with the emotion. No. And emotion. To be fair, that's exactly what I've been doing the whole time. Like I was saying to you today, it's only now I'm able to have confrontations and be all right with the fact that it's a confrontation. And essentially it's just two people putting their point across. And afterwards, 
we'll come to some sort of arrangement, which is fine. And if yeah. we don't, even that's fine. Actually, it's just conversation. But before, I'd be so scared about upsetting the boat on saying the wrong no, thing. No, no, it's all right, because yeah. uh, we moved on, and yeah. now I'm doing this. Yeah. And actually, I don't feel good about and it. Quite often, that would be to my detriment as yeah. well. That's all right, yeah, I'll go and do all of the stuff that I don't want to do. As long as you're all right and you're not gonna. Yeah, no, no, it's all right though because yeah. we've got this sorted. I've, sp- I've spent I... my whole life doing that. Yeah, and that's kind of goes back to the people pleasing thing, yeah, doesn't it? Exactly that. Now it's all right because like we've got an agreement now, and I'll do this, and I, I'm being a mug. And tie that in with believing in karma as well. Mm. So basically, I'll just constantly do whatever it is to my detriment. What, with this idea that it'll be all right at the end because yeah. I've been the good person? Not necessarily all right for me. No, but it'll be all right generally. Yeah. Everyone else will be all right. Yeah, you're bit, that's why I keep fucking getting on at you to go and deal with things. Yeah. How do you feel about talking about it now? Um, Definitely upset now, but... I do know that I need to sort it out and talk about it all. Um, I just feel that if you walked away of anything today, I, I really didn't... Like when, when we started this conversation, it was almost like, oh, we're going to deal with this case. I didn't realise it was going to be as... I didn't realise it was as big a thing for you. But in a way, that is exactly what the conversation needs to be about because it's it's that big a thing and again I don't want to belittle it but it's that big a thing for the people that it is just a little bit of extra blood or it was just a couple of weeks afterwards and that that's what that they are horrific things still but for the people in that situation how I feel now I think is how they feel now it's just as bad like my situation shouldn't be any worse than that. No, it is. It Well, it's probably... I don't think it's just as bad, but I think there, there's definitely a lot of similarities. Yeah. Because I think what, what I was saying about the emotion you give it, like you give it something like that, it's not just like an embryo died, like a part of you dies, because um, it's all that hope and... Yeah, and all that, you know, that thought of of a, a life and life you're gonna have, and, and it's the life that we're sold as well. So you're thinking mm. progressively. So you think, oh, I go to school, I go to college, maybe football, work, whatever. Yeah, and I meet the woman of my dreams, and we'll have like exact amount of kids that we want. We'll have the house that we want. Yeah, blah, blah. And you have those fleeting moments of thinking, oh, right, I'm doing this. This is a bit shit, but come coming up is this bit, that bit, that bit and that. Yeah. And I think I'm fairly sure that's ingrained in us for a reason. So we do go to school. So we do go to work so we can pay taxes and everything else. Yeah. Um, also, from a parental point of view, we want to be seen to be um, carrying the baton for our families and upholding like family tradition and everything yeah. else. And, you know, granddad wanted a football team so we'll have four boys and like all these little things yeah, yeah. That we kind of like you know in all films there's a mum and a dad and stuff yeah. like that I love that there ain't now in a lot of films apparently like Toy Story 4 is really like open to sort of things and there's a lot more films with single mums and single dads in and stuff like that but you know the the main thing is like that we're like what I went through is no worse or no better than a lot of other people the main thing is that we talk about it yeah i don't want to scare people that are having babies and everything like that because i don't think no, there's any reason to be thinking about all. all this stuff no and the thing is if you listen to the people go to the antenatal classes the prenatal classes or whatever they are and even like even normal pregnancies i think they're offering counseling now um, and listen to the information and do your own research and stuff like that because there is foods that you can eat that do affect the pregnancy and stuff like that. There are certain things you can and can't do. 
and do that, but don't be hyper scared about it all. Enjoy the pregnancy because that's, that's that like the journey is the whole part of it. I think I think if anything, um today by you talking about it, um what it does, it just breaks down that barrier a bit and it does say to other people that you you know you're not on your own. Mm. Is that someone else has been through it, and I, and you know you've come through it, um, and that's why we wanted to. That's why that's why it's good that we talk about it. And I, I'm gutted. I'm so sorry that we can't find the email, and I can't remember your name. But if you send yeah, the email I understand in, that. please message in and say yeah, it was me, and we'll go out for a beer or whatever. Um, and I will do my utmost to not lose emails again. But what I do want to say is that you're really hard on yourself. And I think you've got every right to feel vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. You've got every right to struggle sometimes. And sometimes you just struggle. You know, sometimes you do. Mm. You've got every right to feel shit sometimes. And like just don't overthink it because the truth is is that you will feel shit sometimes because you've been through quite a serious trauma yeah and you know tomorrow's another day yeah and I'm going to give you a hug oh. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 